This week, we condemn ourselves to wading through unfinished early access games, but attempt to shine in the darkest dungeon of the House of Horrors. Although this might just be a working beta, according to Ben Nulls. I don't know if I did that right. But this is episode 37 of the Indie Game Riot. <laughs> This is Josh and Yon. This is episode 37, and this is Indie Game Riot, and this is Tech Rev and Ben Knowles from Working Beta. Did I, did I get it that time? You got it. You got it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I got it that time. I've messed it up in the intro, but that's okay. Um, we are here to celebrate indie games, and uh, and and Ben is a big fan of indie games. What are what are you, okay? What are your, some of uh, your favorite indie games, just to kind of get the ball Ooh, rolling? Favorite indie games? Uh, Binding of Isaac. I've probably got about 80 hours of that under the hood. Uh, it's a very good question. Uh, Risk of Rain, one of the things we're talking about today. Absolutely love that. Best soundtrack out there, not a question. Really? Better yeah. than Bastion? Better than Bastion? Oh, can't stand Bastion. What? I, I know I'm, I'm making enemies here, but I can't stand Bastion. Wow. <laughs> That's a... Yeah. I'm not necessarily the same way with Bastion, but I'll say something about a game. They'll be like, did you even play that game? Like, oh, <laughs> dude. Okay, he's referencing... Hey, this was an off-show. This was an off show. This is in between segments. He's referencing the time where he doesn't like Braid, which is okay, but he only played, like, three minutes, three minutes of the beginning so of the game. Like the first two levels, and it didn't do it for me. So I was, it came out, and I was homesick that day, so I downloaded it, finished it in the hour it takes to finish that game and was like oh that, that's a game <laughs> <laughs> like i enjoyed the, it they had this ambiguous story which is supposed to be all creepy and you try to infer your own storytelling and i'm just like no you're just being lazy <laughs> do you feel the same way about transistor <laughs> the uh and the worst thing is the final puzzle is uh, a game mechanic they don't teach you in the entire game whatsoever. It's more trial and error and breaking the rules, which I, I, I don't agree with with game design. So I think I'm the only one probably in a 50-mile radius who thinks that, but no, I can't stand it. <laughs> well, at least, uh, so, you, so you are pretty into the roguelikes, though, it seems like. Oh, hugely, yeah. So I'll you're going to like... Roguelites. I actually played Rogue back in the day, in fact. But uh, You're uh, going to like our peep show uh, game. Yeah, us old people unite. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, have, you, have you played Crypt of the Necrodancer? Oh, I have. I've been playing the uh, pre-release for quite some time. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of taking a break from it purely because I've finished it too many times, and so I'm waiting for them to add more stuff. Yeah, but, uh, no, very, very good game. I haven't gotten past the the second floor yet, but yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not that great at this. I I have no sense of rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made it past the first. Just, 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 just has a rhythm, and you can't see the, the colors. <laughs> just, just, you just play as the bard. Mm. And then, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. That just turns into one of the old style. Yeah, it's not really. It's the the fun part is going in time to the music and. Stuff. I like using you know? my own music too. 
I, I, I didn't, I didn't like that actually. One. I did. Uh, so, what have you been up to? Yeah, man. What have I been up to? Well, you or, too. Okay, you could go. What? Who, who's asking who? <laughs> Anybody? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, go ahead, Ben. Uh, I've guest. been. I just started my new job, teaching game design. So, Ooh. I literally got offered the job last, actually, the week before last on a Wednesday, and started that following Monday. So, I've been thrown in the deep end. Have some material. Here's some kids. Go teach them how to make a game. <laughs> so it's been a bit of fun. How, you... how old are these kids? Uh, right out of high school, so we're looking between seventeen and twenty-four. That's awesome. And you and you mentioned actually you were you you're gonna host um, something at GDC. Was it no something? No something that you guys were hosting. Uh, uh we, we just finished two weeks ago hosting the Global Game Jam. That was what it Is was. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. Maybe that was. So, what it was. uh, yeah, Global Global Game Jam came and went. Uh, we got invited to uh, host a live stream, so we. Uh, Set up basically entire studio with uh, four guests from some TV show hosts, some uh, people from some comedy gigs we do some stuff with, and some of our other hosts. Um, and we got a blob couch, whole bunch of lights, pointed some cameras at them, and recorded for three days straight. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, for some reason, I thought you said it was something like something going on at GDC. You know, I thought you were coming all the way to San Francisco for that. No, no, no. I wish, but. Yeah. Uh, um, no, we, uh, the, the biggest problem was most of the, the main hosts, uh, of the, the podcast I'm on is, uh, me, Cam and Ash. We both wanted to be in the global game jam cause we're all coders or artists. So we, not only was I there producing this whole live stream, but I was also making a game at the same time. No way. <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> That's amazing. Hectic, I imagine. But oh, yeah. I, all the uh, issues we've had just now setting uh, the stream up was nothing compared to the issues we had. With, uh... <laughs> I think I would have like gone postal or something like that. It, it sounds like yeah, all yeah. the uh, it sounds like all the issues that I'm having to fix in post with all the magfest stuff. We were... <laughs> oh man, um, how about you, Rev? Uh, I have been playing some games uh, for whatever reason. So I finally buckled down. Here in California, we have the uh, the fast track toll roads. And uh, Maryland they're, has they're those too. Not, yeah, they're they're not super expensive, but it's always been just enough that I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to risk it. Because if you you ride the toll road and you don't pay the toll, because nobody accepts cash anymore, um, then like they can charge you up to two hundred and fifty bucks, uh, and so it's so, like. Uh, so for us, us non-Americans, can you explain what this is? This is sounds. Uh, <laughs> If you ever, um, it, it's basically it's a road that you have to pay extra money to drive on. It, it so gets it, you it not have more or less traffic. It gets you, yeah. It gets you. It's supposed to have less traffic, so it gets you to wherever you're going faster. But the speed limits are still the same. So yeah, it's, but, okay, it's so good for like it's good for rush hour when people are going to work. So it's a more expensive toll road. So you have a toll road and a toll toll road. No, it's just a toll road. No, it's it, it's oh, all the okay. same. Well, like, <laughs> there's well, there's differences too, because there's like, yeah, Pennsylvania has a turnpike, which is like a giant highway that you pay to get on. You get a ticket when you get on, and then depending on how far you travel, you pay that much when you get off. These roads mm-hmm. are specifically just to go faster from from one town to another. And it's usually around like bigger cities like DC. Yeah. Um. So. And for mine, sure. I'm only on the toll road for six miles, but it shaves 45 minutes off my commute. Holy crap. How much does it cost you? 
uh, an hour during rush hour, it costs more, so it's like three something. That's about That's how it is here. Worth it, I guess, on certain days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it really is. Like, <laughs> John Oden, it's like, oh, I'm going to drive home. Oh, GPS is like, yeah, it's going to take you an hour and 45 minutes. Or you could take the toll road. And so, yeah, I broke down and got a, a, a fast track pass, and I have to mount this in my car, and it sends out a radio signal. And That's like yeah. the easy pass here. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah same same concept. But it's, uh, it, it, it's nice. I've made it home generally before 6 p.m. Uh, and I've had time to like sit down and play some games this week. It, it's actually kind of cool. So, awesome. yes, yeah. I, um, I went a little bit Kickstarter funder crazy a little bit. With some <laughs> of the games that we saw at MAGFest, um, Starmazer just, just had this place in my heart and I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw money at them. And so I ended up getting the the lowest possible amount that I could pay, so I could get the cinematic poster that they were talking about wanting. It's ac- it's actually like, different from the one that they were talking about yeah, from the first yeah. day, but it's well, still cool. It's still a poster. Yeah. Um, and then I also backed um, Vidar at the tier that lets you put in a dead person in the cemetery and an epitaph for that person. What did you uh, did you write it yet? No, not yet. He hasn't asked about it. I, I've I have ideas. I already know the I already know the person the the name that I'm going to use. I just don't know like the the little blurb. Um, and then today I did. Uh, now I, for those of you listening who who know what I had to go through, I replaced the housing of my girlfriend's PSP, which might sound like oh yeah, just do with some screws and plop the new one in. No, you literally have to take everything apart, take every screw out, take all the buttons off, take the the uh, the Wi-Fi adapter out. Take was it the... was it worth it? Oh, totally. She she's super happy about it. It took me about two. <laughs> oh, hours. well, for the girlfriend. Which means he's yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, exactly. She was she was really thankful about it. Um, so so that was that was fun dealing with a uh, very tiny, very delicate ribbon cable. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Other than that, just I don't know. I haven't really done much this week. You lazy bastard. Yeah. Well, I... All right. Well, how uh, about you, Josh? I, I've been a patriot and have done my taxes. Um, oh, bye, yeah. The reason I'm even mentioning this is because it's going to help me uh, get to IndieCade in New York. Um, nice. So hopefully... I mean, it's still... like I, It's not 100%, but it's... I've Because it, I was about to get screwed by work. They, were, they have this big thing happening on the same weekend where they want everyone there, but I was able to work it out. Uh, so I can go. Um, so assuming nothing else happens or, you know, it doesn't change. I should be repping Indie Game Riot at Indiecade East. Awesome. Awesome. So looking forward to that. Uh, uh, do, do you guys have any questions? Oh, bye. Ben, um, one last thing you want to talk <laughs> about. Uh, talk about your favorite indie games. You're from, uh, Work in Beta. I am. I am. Uh, which is a website. At- a website, yep. Yeah. We've got a podcast as well, Betacast. There you go. Uh, we've, been, we've been doing it for about ooh, six, seven months now. There is about 11 of us now doing various things from writing articles to doing live streams to doing the podcast. Uh, we cover everything from uh, the live events that happen monthly down here in Melbourne. Melbourne is basically the mecca of indie games in Australia. We've got uh, Red Ant Software. We've got uh, the guys who did Screen Sheet, guys who Moon Man that just came out at Kickstarter. That's from uh, Melbourne. Um, who else? 
we've got. We've got everyone here. This is the, uh, an amazing place to be. When does PAX Australia happen? Because, I mean, PAX East is uh, coming up soon uh, It just uh, November. So we oh, it happened already. Yep. So okay. it's, it has happened already. So we were there running around like crazy, being lit and early. It's, it's great to be media at PAX um, and <laughs> shoving microphones at people's faces. Yeah, 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 that sounds like... I, I mean, yeah. I'm looking forward to that too, actually, because I did submit a press thing to uh, for PAX East, but still waiting to hear back. Yeah. Um, so hopefully Crossing Fingers will do that. I'm not sure what it's uh, like there, but here they um, they were asking for press releases as we're setting up the website, and there was a... You had to submit something at least three months old to prove that you're press. And we're like, oh, we just missed out. And like a week before it started, they're like, oh, we've got some extra press badges. So I wrote in quickly. I'm like, can I have like uh, three? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, oh, I should have asked for more. But um, that was brilliant. Yeah. I would uh, bring, I would bring, I mean, I was explaining to you before the show because, you know, tech is uh, pretty close to me. He could actually come if uh, he could get off work and all that stuff. Oh, so. I bet you I can. Those yeah. I could seriously like with with where I work. I'd bring I'd you to indicate like, if uh, I'd be like, hey, uh, I need uh, two months off. All right, <laughs> well, just let it go. <laughs> I'd okay. bring I'd, I'd bring you to indicate, but it's a little late for you now. I think. Um, I asked. I said. I said submit your thing because I need one yep. per person. Um, but yep. Rev, as we all know, is uh, you know stuck. Not gonna make stuck it. In, yeah, California. stuck in Cali. It's a long drive. Long <laughs> <laughs> drive. To the rehab center after you get an indie news injection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was a horrible, horrible segue. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why, then give yourself an indie news injection. Thanks, indie games. And this week on Indie News Injection, the very first story that we're going to talk about is uh, actually a AAA game. But, bear with me. The AAA game, Condemned, it's a series, a franchise, two games so far. Everyone's always wondering, when's the third game going to come out? It's a pretty popular series, horror, uh, first-person type of thing. And uh, the the dev who created it is considering uh, starting an indie team, self, you know, to, to just self-fund itself to create the third game in the series. It's not a definite. Uh, but it's interesting that uh, that they would be willing to do that, even to let it go. Actually, the the, the property. I don't know how that would work uh, as far as licensing goes. But it would be pretty cool to to see. I mean, we always talk about AAA devs coming down to the indie to the indie scene. Like this is an actual game, a franchise coming down to the indie scene. Like, what do you guys think of that? Um, I think uh, I don't. This is weird because it's like, oh yeah, here are the development rights and the rights to Condemned, and he's moving it to a development team. But is is that going to be like contracting out a team to like, hey, make this game for us? Or is it going to be, hey, this studio, we want to buy this from you and then make it? Yeah, it's What's... Um... What I'm concerned about is Condemned is a very visceral game. It's lots of custom animations, throwing people through windows and into stairways and under everything. Do you really think an indie game with an indie game budget could even pull off this style of game? Well, we've we've seen we've seen indie studios pull off some pretty great things. I mean, albeit most of them do not have that kind of uh, those you know that amount of resources. Yeah. Um, mm. But. 
the thing is, the question is too. Monolith, Monolith Productions, uh, I guess, are the ones that hold the rights to Condemned. Yeah. Um, so, and they're the ones that you know, the founder, uh, Jace Hall, is wanting to set up a, a, an indie team. So, does that mean that they will be funded by only Jace Hall? Is it him that, that owns the rights? Or Monolith Productions, are they going to be funding this and, like, publishing it? Or, like, is it is it even indie if I Monolith think- is involved? I, I think like the the smartest way to do it, the smartest way to do it would be to find a, a, a existing indie group or or, uh, or one with dev a good team. reputation. Yeah, I, I mean some of the uh, some, one of the <clears throat> excuse me one of the ones that uh, actually jumped out at me in the the comments on the article I was reading on it was uh, was Red Barrel Studios uh, and. Uh, they, yeah, you're talking about people that have AAA experience there, so yeah, exactly. And they they've already done the first person horror suspense, you know, thing. They 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 kind of already have that in place. So if they got somebody like that to make the game and then published it under Monolith Productions, I, I th- think it would it would be an interesting take on it. Yeah. I bet you. Uh, I bet you another good dev team, uh, even though they're like basically stuck with Sony right now, would be Overkill, the guys who made Payday. Oh yeah, Not so those good. guys like they. Will... Although, do you think they could? Do you? Th- I mean, outside of the programming aspect of it, do yeah. you think they could make a good dude horror think about game? It. Payday the Heist, which is arguably one of my like seriously one of my favorite games ever, and it is technically indie. I would say. Um, even though it was published by Sony, uh, so it's it's on the it's on the the line there. But it's like it's beautiful. It looks amazing. The atmosphere is really good. The level design is really good. Um, I, I th- they're very good at telling a story with very minimal storytelling points. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that like I'm I'm just you know speculating. I think Overkill could probably do it with the right budget and the right amount of freedom i think i think uh, red barrel would still be the first choice though that, yeah. between those two well, what you guys are saying of him taking the uh ip and fishing off to another studio that to me doesn't say ip uh, not IP, indie um i'm not yeah. sure what your guys definition of indie is but we've had longer discussions here about that but <laughs> when you're when you're giving it to someone else to do when that studio isn't in control of how it feels, and each person isn't crafting the experience that they want to make. That to us is an indie. That is a good point. Or it just turns well, into Ubisoft indie. Like it's this is still- just a lower class yeah. of publishing. Yeah, that's, that's really all it's turning into. That's a good point because in that at that point that comes like, uh, but that's he, what Dead Island was with Techland. I mean, they didn't do much mm-hmm. before Dead Island. Them, if he gives them the freedom to do it in their way, I mean, with keeping keeping it true to the the the. Pr- property but putting their own personalized spin on it as it were um i don't i don't see as that would be bad Mm, yeah well again it's it's, from our perspective from my perspective what indie is that it's not if the team puts their own spin on it it's it's each individual person within that team being able to control what that is not a person being told you're you today you're making rocks because that's essentially what yeah you know that's essentially what the AAA team AAA games exactly. do is they tell. This is just the same thing. I get I, I get what you're saying. That's a good point. Huh? Yeah, no, that is that is a good point. 
So it might it might not technically be indie. It might just be oh, it's a studio that's running uh, adjacent to but independent of Monolith. Exactly. Yeah. Like. So yeah. But what if, like, what, if, right. what if what if what if what if we did it this way then or not we but they did it. What if uh, <laughs> what if Jace if if Jace himself owns the IP? Mm-hmm. I don't know how the, the how, how the rights work. If anyone out there knows, put it in the comments or in the live stream or something like that. But um, if Jace owns the IP as the as a creator, can he? What if he set up his own group of people and he was just like the CEO of the dev studio, uh, quote quote? But um, yeah, so he would. It would be his control, but it wouldn't be monolith. It would just be him, and it would be like a close knit like group of what 10 people or something like that well again it comes down to what you consider indie if you look at like valve they're indie because they're they don't oh, have a yeah. publisher they are a complete control of their own thing and th- in this case this exact scenario would be like that um so yes they would be independent but if it's indie or not that comes up into what your definition of indie is if it's like five sure. people i'd say yeah if it's like 70 people i would say no it's depending what yeah you want see that that, that's kind of in line with us. We've never sat down and like hashed out exactly. But we kind of smaller, small, small team, uh, self, self, you know, self-funded for unless or crowdfunded. Generally self-funded. Yeah, um, yeah. we've had the same discussion, and like our definition comes down to as long as every single member of the team has creative control of the final product. That's that's what our yeah. definition is. That's a which, that's. That's a that's good, a, good, yeah. That's a good. That's a good framework for it. I mean, obviously, there's still a whole lot of gray. A there gray there space, is, but, and yeah. we've got a caveat that says whatever we call it. So if we want to talk about yeah. it, we kind of we kind of <laughs> drew a line because a lot of people. I mean, for instance, um, there's uh, above, I can why can't I double fine? Yeah, mm-hmm. double fine. So there's double fine, and obviously it's a big studio, but most people consider it indie. As and we've generally considered double fine indie, except for Brutal Legend. I don't think that's indie, even though it's part mm-hmm. of the indie yep. box. Yep. But anyway, um, double fine, and then Telltale Games. A lot of people consider that indie. Uh, I personally put the line between those two. Yeah, Telltale Games is a licensed. It's licensed. You know what I mean? It's not. Uh, I just have a hard time finding like licensed indie yep. games. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, well, but but yeah. Double Fine is as big as I think I would get it. Yeah, du- Double Fine is sixty five employees, mm-hmm. uh, but you would they're probably splitting across a couple of projects at a time. So yeah, yeah I, I would say it probably you, you could argue it either way because yeah. there's definitely people in there that are just doing their job. Um, but again, the Double Fine have the Amnesia Week where they just tell the employees, go make whatever game you want and come yeah. tell us at the end, which is a yeah. damn good idea. Um, so they give a lot of creative control to everyone. So I, I would say they're indie as well. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what else is indie? The Indie Box. And uh, they just recently announced their February box. So uh, for those of you that uh, know my fan of... of my fanboyism of roguelikes. Uh, not Woo. too long ago, we talked about uh, a little game called Risk of Rain, and uh, they just announced that Risk of Rain is this February's indie box. So if you haven't gotten that, you need to go sign up now. <laughs> I just realized. I just realized that every time we announce these, 
uh, it's like spoiling it for you because <laughs> you get the indie <laughs> box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm and sorry, I, I kind of. I intentionally don't pay attention to it specifically <laughs> for that. Like, I had no Stop. idea what this like, <laughs> I had no idea what this is. From now on, you, from now on, you don't have to announce it. Just don't look at the notes, cover your ears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're Just talking about something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, if you like Risk of Rain, or if you like the idea of getting an indie game in the mail, uh, go check out the indie box. We like those guys, and uh, we guys, do have. Go ahead. I, I will say this: they th the indie box has dramatically improved the quality and content just in in the six seven months that they've been doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you look at some of their past boxes, it was like, oh, we had a couple of stickers. No, this month in my indie box, I got a custom SNES USB controller with Super Win the Game, and it was labeled with Super Win the Game in the indie box. And you know, they had again uh, for us honest uh, American. Uh, I'm assuming this is uh, physical versions of the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is this is they they are worldwide. I am gonna put this in the chat right now yeah they do they deliver to it is more expensive to australia mm -hmm. um but, but they do like deliver 13 dollars shipping and handling um, and again risk of rain one of my favorite games yeah, of the last few years it, and the music by chris chris i can't remember if pronounce his surname chris uh i'm gonna look it up now christo doo <laughs> chris chris amazing oh amazing soundtrack um yeah and for those of you who are interested, we do have an affiliate link, so that way you can support Indie Game Riot, as well as the Indie Box and the devs. Because, by the way, the Indie Box gives a, uh, a lot, like a, bit, a large portion of their uh, income to the devs. So, there's, awesome. you know, they're not screwing out the devs, so go check out the affiliate link. Support it's custom, custom, custom box art. Um, I, I got a cloth map. When was the last time you got a cloth <laughs> that map? That is awesome. One of your games. Never? And, it, and it's... Uh, ninety. Six? <laughs> exactly. But I've got this little, I've got this little cloth map about yay big, uh, and it's the entire map for Super Win the game. And oh, it, it, it each month I, I keep remembering, like I get an email, like oh, we, it's been delivered, and it's like oh, I should totally remember to check the mail. And then like three, four days later, it's like something in the mail, I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this whole new surprise to me every time. So definitely check it out. Uh, uh, they are a fantastic group, and Risk of Rain, you can pour so many hours into it, it's not funny. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of things that uh, that that were delivered, something wasn't quite delivered. Uh, we're talking about Steam Early Access, and someone actually removed their unfinished game from the service. We're talking about Under the wait, Ocean. Wait. What? Wait. When you say they removed the game, the developer, the developer removed. Developer did? removed their game. Yeah, this, yeah. this had to have happened at some point because uh, yeah. early access is Assess terrible pit. at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, there's some really good games out yeah. there. Say, uh, Crypto Necrodance is a good one. Yeah. Like, it's mm -hmm. almost there, but you enough can, to uh, you can tell. You can, I mean, not it's not 100 percent true, but you can tell the really the ones that are very likely to be finished and are really good by how often they get updated. Uh, um, consistent <laughs> updates would be good. Starbound, <laughs> Starbound, uh, mm -hmm. Pr Prison Architects, another one. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. things like that. So, but the the reason this is a big deal is because when things get removed from early access, which they rarely do, it's usually by Steam. Because it, yep. remember they, Earth twenty sixty six, yep, uh, yep. that nonsense. 
Exactly. But uh, it, uh, the dev is, is taking uh, uh, accountability. He's saying, I don't know if I can deliver on these promises. I should stop selling this game. Basically, he he pulled the game. Excuse me. He pulled the game from early access. Uh, the other person that he was working with uh, developing the game, them, they, both of them decided, you know, we're not seeing eye to eye on this. We're going to, you know, decide not to make this game anymore. Um, they parted their ways and he decided to take the game off of Steam Early Access. Obviously, if you're if you get your development team cut in half, you're not going to be able to deliver the exact same game. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they are talking about um, keeping they, it alive in some regard. But at the same time, I don't know. And if you did buy the game, by the way, I mean, I haven't played it personally, but uh, a lot of people will say that, uh, first of all, they, they were giving it, we talked about steady updates. They were giving it steady updates. It's just unfortunate that it kind of went this way out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but also the game is, even in its unfinished state it's still pretty polished um so if you bought it it's not like a huge loss yeah and this is a much better than say them being like oh we can't do we can't develop anymore here's the game or like with what happened with towns where it's just like uh, oh yeah we're doing stuff and then we're not in a permanent in a permanent in a permanent limbo yeah exactly um what's what's your guys opinion of uh the customers here Do do you think that they this is fine that they should be Bible wear, or do you think that they should be up in arms? That's something they paid for. Well, it was promised know, to them. We've we've talked about this before, and um, when we were when Earth twenty sixty six and all that stuff was happening, uh, a lot of game. Oh, and uh, the stomping land. Stomping land. Um, yeah, stomping land. We, we Dinosaurs talked, on an <laughs> island. Damn it. We we yeah. talked about it before, and I think we pretty much uh, for the most part agreed that um, first of all, if you're Going into early access at this point, especially, you should know that you are buying an unfinished game. There's yep. no promise that it will be finished. It's mm-hmm. been made clear at this point. And uh, secondly, no matter what, you should do your due diligence when you're buying anything. Yeah. Um, my, my one, uh, I, I agree entirely, but my one caveat there would be I don't like Steam advertising them on the front page when they do. Because I have bought games and not realized they were early access until that's I, uh, true. Yeah. I looked into them and went, wow, okay. That's kind of one of those things that it's, it, it's uh, 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 down on, on Valve for, for yeah. allowing that. I think, I, mean, I think part of it, too, is, is Steam's, um, you know, their, their platform isn't very well set up even after they updated it. Um, yep. I think they could have a more clear early access section on the front page because they should, they should be advertised. I mean, that's how they get games bought. Other people don't know about it, but, but they're mixing it in, especially with this new recommended bullshit. That's really, I don't like it a lot. It's mixing it in. They're like, Hey, you want to buy this game? It's early access. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah, having a little like, thing in the corner that this is early access isn't good enough. Yeah. There, there um, needs to be something on the on the buy. Like obviously, like when you go to the Steam page, there's like this big like blue early access thing. But there needs it needs to be like in red or something. Like this game is still in development. You're buying this product as it is. Yeah. Like I, I think it's, it's in their user agreement too. Like it's in the like for now that when you submit to early access and stuff. But like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, this, and this is what our discussion point for this uh, episode is too, is, is should, should this be a much more common practice? Like, what do you think devs um, 
should should devs remove their unfinished games, if, or or do you think they should, you know, like okay, this is what it's, this is all I can get it to, um, you know, because I mean you have to look at both sides. There's the developer side, and then there's the customer side too. Um, yeah. Or should it be Steam's responsibility all the time, or like what do what do you guys think? Um, I think what they did was spot on. They told the uh, the customers, "This is what's happening. We're sorry." But it's not going to happen because this hap- game development is a messy, messy process, especially indie, where people have got into it, talented, talented people, but no idea how to work properly in teams. Games fail all the time, and this just brings all the uh, failing games to the surface, to the public's eye. So as long as you're honest about it, I've got absolutely no problem with it. Yeah, and, and I, <laughs> exactly. you don't want to just yeah. to just sorry before we get any hate mail uh, about <laughs> like well, early access. Um, I don't think we're saying. Early access. I mean, it's 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 broken, but it can be fixed. Early yeah. access is also exactly, especially yeah. when you're talking about indie games. Early access is necessary. Yeah. This is the this was like the birth of the indie game communities because of Steam and early access and 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 having this platform that can be easily that you can put your projects onto easily and have people play it. It used to be really hard to get your your own stuff noticed before you know it's all like web games you know and as a developer you get instant feedback from your fans yep. which is was impossible before which is absolutely brilliant and, um, it, it's, and it's, uh, yeah and the I, fans I, can contribute like they can yeah. say we want this and they will can yeah mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's uh, although it is a beta unfinished game that you are paying for it it's it's building a relationship between uh, consumers and developers that actually is making the game better for the people that might want to buy it. Like when we were exactly. at MAGFest, we were talking with Dean uh, who's making Vidar and he was like, yeah, right now we're timing everybody on every puzzle. It's going into a data sheet and when I go home every night I'm plugging those things in, figuring out what's wrong with what we're what they were doing and fixing that to make it so that it works for more people. Yeah. Like you need Q&A. And these yep. indie teams don't have the funds or the people or the clout to be like, hey, we just put out it like there, there was a uh, air brawl is, is like the only exception to that because they were on Reddit. They got to the front page of Reddit and it was like, hey, this is a game that we're kick- that we're going to start kickstarting. Do you like it? And everyone was just like, we love this game. Do this, do that. And but but some people don't have that clout. There are games made by three people those three people can't Q&A on multiple different systems, on multiple different OSs. Like, they don't have the resources to do that. Um, so there are good things about early access. Um, and I think also going back to what uh, these this developer did, um, being, although similar to what uh, Towns did, even though Towns, I think, did Towns release? I can't remember. No, well, yeah. It, yeah, really it was, cool. I think they released it and then... It, it was like I don't. Know. Did they actually release it? I'm trying I, to think now. I can't remember. That that's why I'm asking. I, I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> Either way, it was broken, and yep, they're exactly, not. Exactly. The whole was thing broken. was that they weren't taking it off of Steam at all. And they, and they were still. And they were still, they were still selling it. a lot of things that weren't available. Exactly. Um. So, like in the end, if this is what's going to happen, they did the right thing. Like exactly. Mm, agreed. What? Yeah. Um. So. 
all, all yeah. in all, I think I, I think forcing because I mean Steam is, and this is more the business business side of things as opposed to you know the developer versus anything else. Steam is a publishing platform. They are an infrastructure that is in place to help developers. They, I, I don't think that Steam has that responsibility. It really is up to. The development team and i mean we talked well, steam, about it when double fine canceled their last two games steam, well i wouldn't like, say it's not their responsibility they're the ones that are letting the games on in the first place no they're they're not because and i'll tell you why because Josh, you have this dream that in the future indie game riot's going to provide a service similar to that where <laughs> game developers well, come on to our stuff and granted we're probably going to be at, we're at screening least in initial it phases um a little bit more uh, responsible and 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 uptight about what we allow on our site, but the point is, if we put up somebody on our site and say, "Hey, you guys can totally buy this game. Sure, it's early access at the moment. You know, this is uh, Alpha Point Five. Well, I think we and, can also have the responsibility of making it more clear. That's, that's I agree entirely. I think uh, Valve have a huge responsibility to their the customers because they pretty much invented this early access to the wide public. Rev's, um, Rev's, they, Rev's like <laughs> I, rolling his fist I, up. I, I, um, I'm, also, I'm, but, also, I'm also against you know saying that it, it, it it's just them. Like the developer has. I didn't a say lot it was just them. No, no, agreed. It's mainly on developer, but Valve still have a horse in this race. They still have some responsibility. It's their platform that they're allowing them on. Still amount. They 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 can't allow people <laughs> to start selling dodgy or misleading stuff on their platform. It weakens their entire brand. Um, I want to know that everything I buy on Steam is of X quality or greater. I mean, that's why. That's so, why. So do you? I, 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 going into the AAA trash scene for a second. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you blame Microsoft for you know, uh, we'll, we'll say uh, Assassin's Creed's most recent, you know, or, or something yes. along those lines. I, you I, blame I, Microsoft. Hundred percent, I blame Microsoft because Microsoft, say- as well as Sony and Nintendo, have a huge, big, long list of things a game has to have. It has to have precise. Like, buttons can't be this close to this edge of the screen. They completely ignored half of that to get these AAA titles. Like, Halo, well, it's all about like the money Unity, for them. Yeah. Because they needed the money. They oh. broke their own rules. And as, I long as, as long as you're consistent, I, 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 I will, I, I will I, allow the argument. I, I'm not taking the blame away from Ubisoft in this one. And you talked, no, they, you talked about is. weakening our brand, though, because, I mean, not to not to talk shit on, on other platforms, but Desura, for instance is another launcher um and there are some really good games on desura but people don't use desura one because i mean steam has a huge market share but also (laughs) uh desura if you look at all the games on desura there's a lot of really low quality stuff i mean yep you kind of people see that and they're like okay this is just another one of those like eh." i think um Steam is trying to basically bridge the gap between Newgrounds and um, and Nintendo. With Newgrounds being what? every no no, <laughs> they're trying to bridge the gap between between Newgrounds and Nintendo. Newgrounds is everybody submits stuff, people vote on it, and everything basically everything gets in as long as it meets a certain requirement. And the Nintendo is we're only going to release stuff that's good, and we're only going to release stuff that's done. Nintendo's and, like we're only going to release stuff that's ours. 
No, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm going That's, back to sports ball. Not fair. I'm going back to sports ball and what Austin said, and I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it again. Yeah. Nintendo isn't about their own IPs. Nintendo is only about good games. I, Whether okay, or not done they games, were only about good they games. were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, forgetting about any IPs that you may or may not like from them now. I do, uh, I do miss their seal of approval they used to put on everything. That's yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. Um, Those days. Steam is trying to both allow people to publish on their platform because obviously more people selling more games it's going to sell same with itunes itunes figured out early on if you put a song up there people are going to buy it just because it's there yeah you put a game up on steam people are going to buy it just because it's there people are going to download a free game just because it's people free. with people with the there's money so, exactly there's mm-hmm. so many bad games on steam but they they weren't made by indie de- developers like i mean there are broken games there are games like you see online online uh, personalities and reviewers talking about it's like, can you believe that Steam sells this game? Um, there are iPhone ports all through Steam, yeah. which is just terrible. Exactly, and and because they already have a publisher, they're like, hey, publisher, put this on Steam, and they haven't touched mm-hmm. anything. So, I, it also might be an, an issue of Steam being bigger, bigger than they can be, um, with mm-hmm. with them having the massive amount of popularity with them both having to worry about development of new of a new engine and new games and then curating their store but they're a big company they can hire people um and steam support is is um notoriously slow um it might it might have been a move too early they might not have had the the res- I, they might have had the resources allocated properly or I don't think it's the resources. I just think that no one has solved this problem. You look at yeah. everyone from Sony and their store with all the crap that's floating to the top, the I, uh, iOS store and the Android store. Yeah. There's just so much stuff. Anyone can put stuff on there. How do you make the stuff that's good go to the top and the stuff that's useless not exist? Coming, no one's invented that. Coming yeah. back to early access to what... Okay, so Steam has a huge team because it's Steam and mm-hmm, Valve. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Why is it taking them so long to... And they know it's an issue. Everyone bitches about it all the time. Oh, yeah. So why is it taking them so long? I mean, a freaking one dude from um, Russia created a a layout that's better than what they have now. It's one dude that did that. You know what it is? It's because it goes back to the indie conversation that we were having earlier. Uh, Valve is basically turning into what Google has turned into, which was (laughs) basically a corporation. You have people yep. on top yeah. listening to people who are slightly below them about decisions that they need to make and then telling people to do them. It Someone who, who who is designing the layout on Illustrator or whatever program they're doing isn't going, this is a dumb idea. It's going, I need to do this or I'll get fired. Yeah. Look, I can 100%. I work at a company that is just like that. We're a huge yeah. company. I'm at the bottom. Um, I can see something that's changing. For me to change that, I need to get a ticket lodged that goes to a queue the manager looks at it prioritizes that then at one meeting in two months time gets pulled out they sink into the resources they do have the resources it goes to someone else's pool then it goes into a the build of the software gets fractioned off and someone works on it and then there's testing and then there's it goes think, on and on and on for months i think they have their priorities i think they have their priorities a little mixed up too because i mean they yeah. actually did just recently like i said they recently updated it but their priorities are money and and, and Granted, they exactly. are a business. That is their number one goal is the money. Steam. But but I mean, <laughs> it, they know it's a problem and they changed it and it's worse. 
I, in my opinion, anyway, I don't like this. I don't like this recommended shit, and they're doing that because they're like, okay, how we get people to buy more by recommending stuff they might like. Recommended is their attempt to try and solve the problem I was just talking about of trying to get the good stuff to float to the top. So you would follow a reviewer, you would follow someone you trust. I I don't mind it. I follow a couple of people, and I get some okay stuff. Like I, I will admit, it doesn't solve the problem, and it, but it is an attempt of theirs to try and solve it. I don't. Um, I don't personally. Like it, you know, th- this is th- this is actually going to be like it's going to be an argument until it actually gets fixed. Until um, <laughs> the end of time. <laughs> and exactly. I'm actually kind of hoping that, um, and this goes sort of back into like company speak too. The big corporations aren't innovating. It's the startups that are getting some clout and getting some money that are innovating. Mm-hmm. So we might see, um, like with um, like with humble like humble store now. Um, uh, Geo doing a lot of things now. There, there's, there's going to be somebody who's coming, who comes along and is going to innovate in this particular market, and it's going to work, but it might not be for another five years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah, it is <laughs> until the end of time. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, a game you could possibly play to the end of time. What's that? The one that we're doing and starting the riots. Starting right. This week on Starting the Riot, we are talking about an awesome award-winning game called Shine. You know, I'm all about that award-winning stuff. Um, This is a uh, puzzle game, and and I really hesitate to say puzzle platformer because, yes, it is a puzzler, and, yes, there are platforms but it doesn't scream puzzle platformer to me as other games might. Um, I think that this is uh, definitely bringing a lot more to the table, and I, I think you'll definitely see why when I start talking about it. You play as a um, as a father who basically enters a mysterious swamp, and he's looking to find his son, and he finds a wisp. As, as it's called, uh, basically offering him guidance and magical power, which are the, the, the puzzly aspects of this game, to get through and hopefully find his son. You manip... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you basically manipulate different types of light, which show different things throughout the world. So you start out... Um, you can play a demo for it right now on their website. You can download it. It'll install. It's great. Uh, you start with a green light, and you can turn it on, you can turn it off. Yeah. And that will, uh, for one, it changes the appearance of your character. So uh, when you start out, everything's sort of gray and grim and dead, and you're a black and white. Um, the, our black and white protagonist is sad, and he looks old. As soon as you turn the green light on, he gets his color back to his hair. He's smiling. He looks younger. Uh, and the world around you in your little bubble of light starts to change in the way it appears. And not only does it change, but you can also see invisible platforms that may or may not have. It's kind of like, seen. it's kind of the same, a similar mechanic to, uh, cl- was it closure? Um, we're using, is it closure? It's, it's a game like that where you would use like light to discover like ways to get through a certain level. Right. Like from yeah. But, but points. with this, you're not only discovering it, you're actually materializing it. So you can, if you turn the green light on and you see a uh, a platform and you jump to it and you turn the light off, you're gonna fall through that. Well, platform. it's the same same thing with that game yeah. I was mentioning. Exactly, yeah. um, and that's why I said that it isn't really a, a it's not a platform heavy game. Yes, there is platforming, 
but it didn't. As it, you're saying that, the uh, the video is showing him platforming. platforming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, to, but to me, but, it looked like it was a platforming game, the epitome of yeah. it. Yeah. It, it, but it didn't, feel, it didn't feel like a platforming game. Okay. Like, it's the, that, it's the like, actual I'm, embodiment of a platforming <laughs> game. But, it looked to me like you jump feel... to platforms and you make <laughs> platforms appear with your light into more platforms. You, you like, I only watched the one video, I will admit, yeah. but the. Uh, that one video, all it showed was platforms and hidden platforms based on <laughs> yeah. the light. No, no exactly. Show it on the show. And, it, and it, is a, it is a platforming game. It's just, <laughs> I, I went through one. But of, a platforming, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and obviously you, you can say whether or not this is, you know, what it actually is or not. But like there's, uh, there's one puzzle that, that I ended up going through and it took me a while to figure it out because you can activate gears with your light. And I was like, how am I supposed to activate this piece and get through here? Because I can't walk that fast and, you know, just doing all this, you know, trying to think like, what is, am I actually supposed to do? And then it took me like five or six minutes. And then as soon as I figured it out, I was like, Oh, it's not about the platforming because it was putting all these platforms in front of you. Like, Hey, there's, there are platforms here, use them. But so you're, you're talking, you're saying it's basically, it's more, it's more puzzle heavy then. I, yes, I would say that it is definitely more puzzle heavy. The platforming is very much so a means to from point A to point B. Well, that's generally um, what platforming no, is. <laughs> it's, it's just the mechanic of the game. Like, it, it's just, uh, uh, this isn't designed as a hey, this is going to be the platforming game. This isn't this isn't going to be the su- a Super Meat Boy, or it's not going to be even like um, it's not an action platformer. You're saying no, it is definitely it's not an action platform. Yeah. It's um, a puzzle so it's platformer, or a puzzle platformer, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yes. Uh, one one thing that did um, that's a good actually. Swift, Swift Illusion in the chat made uh, in the live chat. He or he or she actually, I don't. I'm not sure. Yes, exactly. Um, made a good point. It's calling it. It's 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 the platforming is the puzzle, not the challenge. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's okay. actually a, good, a really good description of this. Yeah, it is. And so, I was going to talk about the. the the voice right. acting, because oh my I, god, it's it I was is amazing talk, voice acting. You know, yeah. I was actually gonna say not exactly the same thing. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought, I thought the voice acting was a little bit, um, not lacking. It just felt a little bit, a little bit low budget. Uh, well, are you talking okay. about the audio quality or the actual acting quality? Uh, the audio quality was spot on. The acting quality was almost spot on. Like, is, is it would, the same would, in the game that? that is in the video? Is it the because uh, I'm going by game by the video. Videos. I haven't watched the videos. I have watched. Okay, the, I have, I've played the demo. Um, they, they may have picked the best audio for the, the demo. The yeah. video. Uh, then. The that's true. The audio quality. The audio quality was great. The acting I found for the main character was a little bit, and coming from um somewhat of a voice acting background, a little bit trying too hard forced yes forced there's your english man it it felt like (laughs) it felt like they were acting (laughs) it's not platforming you're just jumping from platform to platform and it's not he's trying too hard but it's not forced (laughs) he's not acting he's just he's just acting acting with his voice it's weird because because there were so many things that were so good about this game and really draw, drew me in and there were like a few things two two specific things that I that I thought didn't really specifically appeal to me. One of them was the voice acting sort of 
pulling me out a little bit. And the second was that, and another reason why I say that the platforming isn't the challenge here is because the platforming is a little bit floaty. Okay. You, you're, mm-hmm. you, you jump but, and you... Uh, the jump mechanics are always the hardest in platforms. Yeah, it's exactly. the first thing you notice. So you what, what did right. you... so few that I can manage. Uh, you... What did you like about yep. the game? I liked I liked the a the mechanic. The mechanic was amazing. The art the art and the utilization of that. Also, it being two point one D, um, with things being <laughs> both in. I, I'm it's not two point five because there's probably not, there's not a third dimension. But you know, uh, your character and other bosses being in three D and interacting in three D, whereas. Um, all the, the puzzles and platforms are in 2D, exactly. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, the the switch in styles between the different types of light are also amazing. Um, this game also doesn't stop to, like, put this big elaborate story in front of you. It's just, here's the game. Like, the story is going to happen. And, you so know, I kinda, really, really appreciated that. I'm kind of getting a... a- limbo feel at it is I, anybody else yes uh, I, I definitely I think, did i don't know but it was a, a i i felt the same way i i agree yeah really i don't i mean i i kind of see where okay. you're getting it from but it's i don't know i think i think it's limbo was more i think limbo was just a, a different kind of puzzle it was like it was more of a timing challenge than than yeah. it was. There, it's a different. Oh, this has timing in it too. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. It, but it is, it is different mechanically. But uh, as I was playing it, it does not feel like Limbo. It definitely sort of looks like Limbo, but as soon as you pick it up, it is a completely different game. At last on Xbox Live. <laughs> uh, sorry, reading the chat. I forget. I, yeah. Sometimes I forget people can't see it. Um, yeah. But anyway. So, are there any questions that you guys have or comments about? Where can we where can we get it? How much and who made it? Yes. So, it is made by. Hold on, I just had it up. Uh, Studio. Yeah. Look at him. Studio. It's published by Meridian Four. You can pick it up on Steam uh, for eight ninety nine. Normally, it's on sale for fifty percent off right now for four forty nine. But obviously, if you want to support the developer, wait for it to go off sale. But you know, sales. Um, It's won tons of awards, like I mentioned. for um uh this is i think this is the most you've ever criticized a game by the way yeah uh and it's so it's interesting how many awards it's won you, no, so like, but, what does that say about your taste no but the crazy <laughs> thing is, is that i would i would buy this game yeah um so i mean the important thing yeah, is that you were but, you had fun with it oh yeah i actually did have a lot of fun with it and i think i think that's sort of why i'm a little bit more critical on it it might just be my perspective um i really I mean, like this think, game it should be better it. <laughs> no, like, like, but 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 when when something when something like this comes out and it's just like oh this is this has won like fourteen different awards and it's it's been rated best game and and all these other things yeah I look at it and I'm like is it does it deserve that and then I was playing it and I'm just like I can definitely see why this won those things actually I'm a little bit disappointed that it isn't getting more more uh, attention than it is because it this this is a better game than Limbo. And I love Limbo. Really? Yeah. Is it? I I think... And Limbo was great. It was just short. It is mechanically more uh, more diverse. You you use your brain a lot more. Limbo was pretty simple, though. Yeah. yeah. Limbo was pretty simple. It it got hard towards the end, but Mm. Shine really uh, shines through with its, like, focus on... (laughs) 
and just like it, it, it really, I don't know. Like I can definitely see why I won awards. I the re, but but I'm disappointed that it it didn't because I'm soup like every I think it's like every episode now. I'm super picky on controls and I'm super picky about uh, about platform platforming mechanics. One nice and, thing I'm noticing too, though, is just with platforming the platforming part of this. Um, you know, you die and it gives you a pretty quick. Uh, respawn, yeah, and it's pretty close to where you died at. I I would say that it's a good, uh, it's good spacing with the with those points. The the spacing is okay, but it's definitely actually punishing. Like there's some game, yeah, (laughs) like there's some games. There's a part where I got through a part pretty easily. I was like, oh yeah, no, I get this, and you know, I had to ride a moving platform across. And then jump to to this other thing, and then I died at the other thing, and it's moved me way back to the to the moving platform. And I'm just like, now that I got it, I'm a little bit annoyed that I have to do it again. And I, I obviously, you know, if if it was put back right where I died, I was like, oh, okay. But you know, the, it's the it, it also might have been just that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, as critical as I might sound with this game i'm only doing that because it has so much going for it (laughs) and the fact that it's the fact that it's even voice acted is like a huge thumbs up um the i mean the quality is good like controls are like 90 percent there (laughs) in my opinion so you think you think i mean just a little bit more polish and maybe maybe too maybe it's just a lack of experience i don't know what their their, Um, devs experience is um in in creating this kind of game they just came out of uh, school together. Well, there you go. I mean, the, uh, lack... I'm literally just reading their about page right yeah. now. So. <laughs> lack of experience. So, I mean, for for a debut, you know, it's oh, it's, for not... a, it's it's great. Yeah. It's great. So, um, uh, but you're t- talking about uh, new things. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a new thing on a peep show. Please give all your attention to. Early access. This week on The Peep Show, we've got the darkest of places. It's a dungeon in the dark. Darkest dungeon. Actually, this game surprised me. I was honestly not expecting it to play out the way that it does. Uh, It kind of has a gothic feel. And if you look at the art style for it, uh, the the only way that I can really describe it is that it, it's like a pop out comic book, like like think uh, think Frank Miller's Three Hundred, kind of brought to life in a pop up comic book. Where are you going okay, with this? Okay, so that, that allegory <laughs> would tell. But this game is a very heavy inked style. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. like the old comic books used to have when they like half the page is black. It's exactly yeah, the same. And, <laughs> and one that actually ties really hard, heavily into one of the primary mechanics. Um, if you're watching the video on it, you see up at the top that there's this uh, there there's a torch there and there's a bar off to either side. That is your light meter, and as you wear down torches, um, it starts to get darker. And the interesting way that they tied that into the game itself, as opposed to just like, oh, you're running out of light, you need to hurry up, you don't actually end the game when you run out of light. Uh, It just gets exponentially harder. And, And so... 
that's it's one of those things where it's you you don't want to spend the money on torches because they're kind of fucking expensive but you also want to have a chance at combat and i've only played about an hour or two of this game but i'm already hooked it, it, it's it Oh, it appeals I, to everything about what I enjoy in a in a simple game. I think I think I always love I always love games that kind of like bring out a um, kind of allow you to play your own story in a way. And yeah. this game, the fact that depending on how you play, you know, different characters might go crazy. It, you know, there's different things that happen every time every time you play, depending on you know, what happens. As far as uh, that's well, really even, redundant what I just said, but you know what I mean? Because there's that insanity fe- feature ba- to it. Not even just based on what happens, but depending on the randomized. Uh, th- this is technically a roguelike. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the maps are. I, I've I've now gone through the same section of the same dungeon nine times and had a different map each time right. and each of your each of your characters like the the video that's showing right now this is the the kind of training of the game you're getting to the town that you go into the dungeon for and it's really combat's pretty simple you get a couple of options that you can use and they have a couple of ways that you can target some of them are self only others are stun and and so on and so forth but each character that you play has their own personality their own little things like i had uh after my first group of two starting guys here died uh and and you will die a lot because this game is ridiculously hard even if you have full light Uh, don't you get attached to them though and when they die you're like no like honestly i I found myself caring more about my first team of four than i did anybody else because it was just like oh i had a i had a plague doctor and oh the plague doctor <laughs> it's different every time though right your your start your starting group well no you always uh, so far you always start with these two or maybe like if you start maybe the game if you start the game fresh out this is the very beginning of it um and it's kind of the tutorial and they they mention in a couple of places that they'll they'll be able to skip the tutorial so i assume they're going to jump you straight to now keep in mind this is an early access game you are going to run into a couple of bugs nothing super game breaking have you run Uh, into some I have. Uh, I ran into a enemy that, regardless of what tactic I used, what skill I used, uh, took absolutely no damage. That sounds like game breaking. Well, it kind of wasn't because, you know, he killed my team and I went back and I hired four new heroes and I went into the dungeon and got a new map and I didn't encounter him again. Um, okay, Can you well, I guess the combat yeah. to me because I, I can't. Yeah. Into the video. So what okay. the combat is so, so, so the combat is you're walking through your hallway and uh, random encounter. So here you go, and you have a, a skill bar one through four, and based on where your teammate is positioned. Uh, determines which attacks they can use. So some of them are good at ranged combat, like you've got guys that can use guns, or they have uh, they have like a crossbow. D and D rules. Yeah, it, it really kind of is, but you only have like four skills. You usually have some kind of buff, uh, some kind of direct attack, uh, some kind of status attack, and some kind of stun. 
and and that seems to be fairly consistent across the classes that I've encountered. Uh, and you, your your character gets highlighted. This is the one whose turn it is. You select your skill, and then the possible targets are highlighted below. You know, with that attack, you can reach this person, and you click on the one that you want to attack, and you it goes and you deal the damage the the one concept that i haven't quite gotten a hang of yet is the sanity aspect to it like each each individual character gets a randomized much like rogue legacy had the traits your characters in here also get traits and those traits can be beneficial like i had a, a paladin who anytime you came across something that uh was like a shrine mm-hmm. he got a message from god or or the gods and he could remove the treasure from it without triggering any traps That's awesome. which which is really nice because everything is basically trapped. That, I, that's <laughs> I like I I really just really enjoy like the the personalities of the characters and it just really makes it uh, a little bit more immersive in that way. You, you, mm-hmm. Like you said, you get connected with the characters. By the way, uh, Ben, you had mentioned how the game plays. I think the movement is done through a map system. Yeah, you you, you have to click, click on different rooms. You're you're on the you, you you get a map in your lower right hand corner and you start off in the room and whatever happens in that room and then you want to transition to the next room over you click that room and you move into the hallway and then walking forward and backward is is A and D and then you know if there's a trap you can try and disarm it or you can try and loot something that's just sitting there in the background and then random encounters. So what so the I've got I've got two questions. Okay. So between the random encounters and, and you actually moving around, how like like because I've I've seen a lot of this, but how seamless is it actually? Because honestly, this is very, it's smooth as butter. Okay, and then it's chunky butter with um <laughs> with the combat as so, so the combat's pretty slow. The the combat is slow. This is not this is not an action button mashing anything. No, this is this is true turn base. Um, it, it it appears to be a randomized turn base because okay. uh, that that kind of screwed me up on one run through that I was attempting where I ran into a party of four bad guys and I only had two guys alive and I was like I know I can kill at least one of you but they kind of went through each like all four of them got an attack before I did yeah and, and so um, so like, like, uh, does the combat really I mean obviously there are a lot of things going for this game uh, and, and combat isn't the the only thing but I, I almost wonder if it's one of the more important things and I, and I I can't help but wonder how much combat you're gonna go through a lot. Until you're like until you're bored um, Do you, honestly, so you're wondering if it's repetitive yeah like does the attachment to the to the characters sort of like move you through that or it's, it's the it's the exploration honestly the the combat I feel you as being and, and this is just my own personal thing i i've saw the combat more as something that i had to try and survive to get through okay. in order to continue exploring all right so actually, so the exploration is pretty like it shares a lot of game time with the combat so it's not just all for for me yes going back to like I mean, a D comparison that, that actually, yeah it's it's like really, you play yeah. some you play some games where like the 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 dm 
you know, is like, let's fight all the time, fight all the time through wherever you go. And the other ones, you know, they like it when you role play through, like, in your adventuring and you're, like, just kind of curious about stuff. So is it kind of like a fair balance or is it heavy it, on one side? I would I would say it's a it's a fairly fair balance. I, it, it, there, there are several hallways that I've encountered where I've had no combat whatsoever. Um, and there have been s- several hallways where it was nothing but combat. And... and you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, it, it could go either way. I enjoy it. The the, the combat is, despite despite my gripe about it, it's still fun. The the randomized aspect of it, the did I make sure that my guys were placed in the correct order in their walking path? Um, you know, stuff like that. That that feeds the 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 number cruncher in me, mm-hmm. uh, and trying to find ways that I can min max the hell out of it. Uh, <laughs> so you you said uh, from what you've said about this game, it, you've actually sort of sort of tickled the part of my brain that really likes that that one free fun game that I I think I like too much. Uh, <laughs> that shop, and I'm yeah. like, oh man, now now that you have it, it's like. Damn it! <laughs> now you want it. It hooks, yeah. One other, one other uh, question too is that it, just from watching videos and things like that, it there, it looks like there's a lot going on in the UI and everything like that. Is it is it is there a learning curve to it, or is it pretty simple to to um, use? There is definitely a learning curve, and because I was playing this uh, in my living room, uh, and there were people over watching TV, I had my volume down. Um, it's kind of, if you miss some of the, uh, audio, cause any, any tool tips that you're given when you're starting out are all audio. And that's, that is my one big gripe about this game. Like my number one big, seriously, Red Hook Studios, if you do not fix this, we're done. <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> subtitles would be nice. Yeah. I, I like subtitles too. Like, I think of it like, like, uh, you know, trying. Yeah, like everything in Trine was really important to listen to, but they had subtitles. <laughs> so, well, um, so Red Hook Studios out of Vancouver, Canada, um, they did a fantastic job. I'm loving this. I can't wait to see what's going on um, further. Like, like there is, uh, as as our chat member reminded me, um, the town that is your base of operations. Uh, you can upgrade it, so you know you get a a, a wagon network and that gives you you can upgrade that to give you more possible heroes to select when your party dies and you know if i can figure out how to leave a dungeon without winning or dying i think this game will be absolutely it'll just tickle my fancy so bad so early access on steam uh darkestdungeon.com is their website uh, uh, pick it up for nineteen ninety nine early yep. access. So all of the disclaimers come. <laughs> what uh, any specific OSs? Uh, it is Windows only at the moment. I'm sure early a lot of early access start out like that. So you know they might be moving towards that. Um, you know what else? You can also get it on Apple. Free oh, fun. Can you? Free fun. Free fun. I had no segue. <laughs> <laughs> And this week on Free Fun, we have a game that's actually been making its rounds on YouTube and everything like that. Uh, it is called Spooky's House of Jump Scares. Now, this game 
is kind of a it's kind of it kind of tricks you when you first when you first start playing it looks really cutesy it's kind of like ah, ha, ha, it's, kind of, it's jump scare little cardboard cutouts popping you popping out at you from the walls and it's like oh man a startling sound and as you get deeper because you have to go through i think was it uh right now i think it's it's actually not quite finished yet it's only uh like three-fourths finished but as you get deeper into the rooms i think there's supposed to be a thousand rooms it gets a little bit more and more and more disturbing as you go on still has like the cutesy uh aesthetic aesthetic is what i'm trying to say um but but at the same time it, it blends this like oh this really uncomfortable feeling of like maybe something is going to kill me um just to give i don't want to spoil anything because if you play it then you're gonna get scared Mm, I don't know if I should say it or not. You think you should say it? Say Go it. For it. All right. It's free. If you, okay, spoiler alert. If you don't want to know what's going to come up, it, it, just cover your ears. But it has to do with one of the monsters. Um, but anyway, there's at one point in the game, actually closer to the end of the three-fourths finished game, uh, there's you actually end up in this like outside looking room it's like it's all it's like a little forest and you're trying to get from door to door and in the forest you know you're picking up notes as you go along from other people that have gone through this house i guess um and you, you read a note like uh talking about going outside for food because you know they're in this house it's taken forever to go through a thousand freaking rooms you know trying to find their way out so they end up like starving and stuff like that uh and this dude's like, okay, I found like an outside area and there's deer out there. I'm going to go get some food. You go outside and what he guy was talking about, the deer, you know, they look like normal deer until you get close to them. And they make this like wretched, this wretched sound. And they're like bleeding from the mouth and they chase after you trying to kill you. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, I don't know if it does it justice me just talking about it, but it's pretty terrifying uh, when you're playing it. Um, now, again, this is... Uh, a free game on uh, Indie DB. You can download it. Um, you guys are gonna have to give me that download link just to make sure I get the right one when we put it in the description. Um, but it it, it kind of does blend really well between the the cutesy funny and the the terrifying. Um, the whole aspect it does it does get a little bit it does get a little bit. Um, repetitive because you are going through a thousand rooms and a lot of the rooms are just going from door to door nothing literally nothing happens you're just going through room but it also at the same time sets up the scares when the jump scares and the, and the creepiness actually does happen you're like it puts you into that false sense of security like oh nothing's happening nothing's happening for and you know 50 freaking rooms and all of a sudden something happens and something's chasing you there's very you know there's about at the moment there's like six or seven monsters in the game Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually Can I ask a qu- yeah go ahead a question um, I'm a huge horror fan like I'm a horror expert absolutely love every type of horror now watching the video do you think they did a disservice by telling you that there's more to this game than just the cutesy walking around and cardboard cutout because uh, if you had not known that going in would it have been like 10 times more amazing because that to me seems like uh, well, well so there's, play this game it's kind of this fun, fun I, I house think thing the reason it's why like, they oh. did because it takes oh no that's true yeah hey well, it's a cool fun house spooky scary haha the problem the, okay there's two there's two things about this there's two sides to this there's because we talked about last episode um we or a couple episodes or something like that we talked about what was it the game that like blows your mind away um, oh yeah uh, presentable liberty yeah uh we talked about that game 
And that game was literally like the description made no sense. You didn't know you're going into it. You don't even know what it's about. You're like this game's stupid. But someone who it got popular because someone who decided to play through, you know, I'll give it a chance. I'll play through the whole thing. Discovered that it is not stupid. It is in fact quite amazing. Um, you know, so there's that chance that you know if you don't say what it is and it kind of starts off in that yep. like slow stupid way i i, I understand i understand marketing wise why they did it right do you think it would be better if they if you just had yeah. played it and well then... that's that's the other side so i mean they're trying to get it so people don't like just close the game after they think it's a stupid game after it's like four but, rounds i haven't seen anything but i do think you're right it does it, it would make it better as a horror game if they would not explain that it's a real horror game you know, because again, that's lulling you into this false. It's a, it's a trap. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, it's yep, exactly. whatever game, and then you're like pissing your pants. You know, an hour later. You know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I do agree with that. Um, it is. Let's see. It is made by Lag Studios, by the way. Uh, can't, no price because it's free, but um, they're still adding to it, and you're actually yep, seeing your page the, right uh, now. DB page. There you go. I don't know why it does that sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Any any questions about any questions about Spooky's House of Jump Scares? Um, Spooky, by the way, it, is a ghost in the game. It's a character. I think it needs to start sooner. You mean the, you mean scares? You like it's, yeah. it? You maybe really, maybe it's it, a little bit too much in between. Yeah. To you know, because I mean, it's called Spooky's House of Jump Scares, so you're expecting jump scares, and it gives you jump scares right off the bat. But it gives you the same jump scares, and you get used to it. You're like, ha ha ha, that's funny. Mm. And then, like I said, 50 rooms of just repetitiveness and it does get a little bit eh. And that's what I've heard from a lot of people too, but it's hard to really gauge how long you need in between to really to really bring you back down to that like comfortable feeling so it can yeah. scare you again. It's hard mm-hmm. to do that. Um, you know, that, that makes or breaks. That makes a difference between really good horror games and okay horror games. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, it's, is uh, it more of a like they talk about jump scares? Is is there a lot of psychological scares, or is it just more gore and jumps? The scares in the beginning, like I said, the the cardboard cutouts that jump out—that was yep. like the jump scares, and and I think the name of the game even is supposed to lull you into that that security. Um, but as the game goes on, you st- it's more of a uh, something breathing down your back kind of because monsters will chase you. Um, mm-hmm. And you're running away from them. Matter of fact, there's this one uh, monster. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't want to spoil another one. But it, it it doesn't move as long as you're looking at it. But it's but you kind of have to see where you're going at the same time to get through the room. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you kind of have to turn around. And it's like in a, and it follows you through multiple rooms. It's not just one room. Um, so there's that kind of scare. You're like, oh god, oh god. You know, you're constantly running for your life in that part. The deer I was talking about that disturbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so there's <laughs> I love disturbing. Yeah, there's yeah. there's there's different, and then there's just the general creepiness of like it, there's the whole backstory to the house, and it's not fully explained because the game's not finished yet. But like I said, Spooky is a character. It's a girl. It's a female ghost, like a little girl ghost that is like telling you to go through the house at the beginning. You think she's really cute, but she's apparently you find out through the game that it's not all what it seems, um, and then. You know, you're picking up notes as you're going through, and you realize other people have been through this, and you find out their fates. You know, uh, it gets it gets creepy and disturbing through those too. So there's different kinds of 
horror aspects to it other than just the jump scare. As a matter of fact, I think jump scares are probably the least utilized. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say least utilized because it happens all the time, but it's the I least like, I feel like they sort dependent. of lull you into a, into a false sense of security. Like, They're it's not, almost like mocking you. It's like, yeah. it's like, haha, it's a cardboard cutout. Run for your lives. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> that. It, it, they use That's it a lot, awesome, but it's but... it's least, it's like, they're not dependent on that to scare yep, you. It's yep, not yep. the purpose of those. So, um, yeah, the, the jump scares should always be used sparingly. They're effective, but they're cheap. You know, yeah. uh, you know what else should be used sparingly? What's that? This show. <laughs> <laughs> the ending of the show, because it only happens one time for a show. If it ended multiple times, that'd be kind of weird. So you use it sparingly. That's where I'm going with that uh, that that thing. That, that was brilliant. That was artistic. <laughs> Thank you. My genius precedes me. I see. Um, <laughs> for those of you who are uh, watching the live stream, we do have recorded versions all edited and pretty with bumpers, gameplay footage, which actually isn't this one because of the, you know, we're awesome now, um, but it has bumpers and uh, background music. By the way, this, uh, this Wait, week's uh, background music. Back on the camera? Uh, well, you know what? I have to, yeah. Let me get there. I'm, I'm just making sure. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I forgot. Yeah. No, it's there I am. This week's background music is by uh, another uh, from another game that we uh, found at Magfest when we were there, um, Pixel Noir, and whoop, there he is. <laughs> uh, it is by Kunal. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. Kunal Majmudar, Pixel Noir. That, let me see if I can get his name. It's it's actually backwards on my camera, you know, but that's all the best I can do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kunal Mejmudar. Go check out his music. I'll have his link in the description. Um, if you are watching the recorder version, uh, we do have live streams uh, every Friday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Eastern Standard Time in the U.S., since we have an Aussie on the show. Um, and, uh, or I'm sorry, Kiwi, who lives in Aussie. Thank you, Australia. thank you. There you go. So you looked really <laughs> offended. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's like I tell Americans they don't know anything already. <laughs> 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 dumb fat American. Um, yeah, so uh, Eastern Standard Time, and it's on hitbox.tv slash Josh and Yah. The recorder version is on youtube.com slash Josh and Yah Gaming. Uh, you can contact us, by the way, if you are an indie dev or an indie musician or anything like that. We'd love to feature stuff on the show um, or at least write articles on our website or anything like that. You can contact us via Twitter at uh, IGR Podcast or Facebook.com slash IGR Podcast. Um, we also have our website, IndieGameRiot.com. And, um, oh, our email, contact at uh, IndieGameRiot.com. We also have one new thing. I actually don't know if I told Rev. I know Tech knows about it. I set up a Patreon account. So if you enjoy if you enjoy Indie Game Riot, you enjoy what we do, and you want to help us help indie games and the developers and just make the community a better place, consider checking out our Patreon and becoming a patron. Um, you can do uh, anything from a dollar on up, and there's rewards, and we have goals, and um, everything like that. And you can it's a monthly it, it it takes the money monthly, but you can stop at any time. So. You know, if you're worried about it, you know, constantly taking money out, it's not. You can talk. You can you can stop it. You can also set a, a monthly limit too, uh, if you for some reason had to worry about that. Um, so yeah, Patreon, go check it out. Cool. We have a link on our website on the right hand side. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna cut off your your well polished ending and just say thanks thanks again Ben for for coming on our mm -hmm. show uh, Ben with uh, work in beta and the. Yep. Uh, 
the beta cast indie We're, game podcast. Thanks for that. Yeah. What is the URL?workinbeta.com. Our podcast is quite different to this. It's uh, less organized and more just a whole <laughs> lot of guys and gals uh, chatting in a room, bitching about stuff. Uh, we, we swear <laughs> a lot more often. Um, but this is yeah, a pretty have, clean show for us, actually. Yeah, um, <laughs> Uh, we normally, because we're in the same room, we normally get in guests. A lot of uh, a lot of developers come in, but uh, no. If you want something slightly different, but you want more indie games, come over to our side. Where uh, we also have articles, live streams. Uh, we have uh, let's plays, everything. We also have our Patreon uh, slash work in beta. Go there, give us money. It's great. <laughs> you can buy stuff, um, or just just Google us. Seriously, like don't don't. Who cares about what our Twitter and everything else is? Just Google us. We're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And, uh, and I, I think we're, we're going to work it out that uh, maybe I was going to get on your show at some point soon. Um, yep, yep. We'll, we'll organize that somehow. So if you want to, if you, if you love my sultry voice, sultry <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, check out Working Beta. Thank you so much for coming on. And we'd love to have you on again at some point. Um, yeah, no problem. It was a ton of fun. And uh, uh, any last words, gentlemen? Uh, make sure make sure to keep watching the website we've got a lot more i mean i know there's talked about this last week but we've got a lot more magfest stuff coming out uh we talked about a lot of cool new kickstarters we interviewed a lot of new devs um still a lot more interviews coming like tom oh, so many interviews <laughs> tom, tom fulp is actually next tom fulp is next there you go you've already seen it if you're already watching the recorded version yeah uh but yeah definitely make sure to watch out for that yeah. uh Ben, thanks again. <laughs> and uh, very welcome. Say 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 goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. <laughs> Have a good one, folks. <laughs> Toodles.